Well, good morning and Merry Christmas. It is such a pleasure to be here, uh, to be a part of the family of God here at New Covenant. And I, I cannot, uh, every, every week I just think, yes, it's just, it just couldn't get any better. And it just gets better and better and better. And uh, as you know, it's because of you. You make a difference. Uh, you are an impact uh, group of people. And I just, I'm impacted for the better because of your presence in my life. Uh, Friday night is going to be a huge night for us. And I want us to spend a moment praying for our services at 3, 5, and 8 o'clock. Uh, and certainly, if you're in town, we hope that you'll make it to one of those services. Uh, the 8 o'clock service will be in the flip side, a little more uh, casual and uh, a little more warm kind of feeling there in the, in the flip side. Uh, but I have no doubt there are more people who attend uh, Christmas Eve services than any other service. And so we will be filled, uh, as typical for New Cub, we'll be filled with people who are not yet followers of Jesus and so we want to make the gospel so clear, not just for those of us who are followers of Jesus, but we want to make it so clear for those people that God is drawing in. And, and what I want you to know is whoever you're sitting next to at Christmas Eve, whether you're here or uh, with family somewhere else, whoever you're seated next to, God is pursuing them. And that is exciting to know that God is pursuing the people around. And so uh, Christmas Eve is going to be a great night for us to share the gospel. I want us to pray uh, for that, uh, for, for that service, and in particular that, um, that there are no distractions. So let's pray together. Father, thank you, thank you, thank you that you keep pursuing us and that you keep giving us an opportunity to put our hope and trust in you. And I pray for Friday night, God, how I pray that you would bring the very people that need to be here. I pray for those of us that are new coveys, uh, whether we'll be here online or in person. God, I pray that we would be focused and present and that we would not miss out on this Christmas season. And Father, I pray for the numerous people who will be here who are not yet convinced that they need to put their hope and trust in Jesus. God, I pray uh, that you would protect our services and that the gospel will be so clear, there will be no distractions whatsoever. And God, I pray that you would put on each of our hearts those whom we need to invite. Uh, God, we just put that into your hands, and I pray that you'd give us boldness and courage uh, to invite the people that you have put in our pathway. And we commit it to uh, the services to you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, before we get started, let me talk to those of you online. Uh, we are going to culminate our service uh, with sharing communion. It'll be the highlight of our morning, and so uh, you have uh, a little bit of time there, about a, uh, an hour and a half before I get done, and you have time to bake some bread. I'll press on. You have time to get uh, some uh, elements together for bread and, and the drink, and we won't, don't want you to miss out. If you are in uh, here present and missed it, there's a table right towards the, uh, the entrance there. You're welcome to uh, get up and get some uh, communion uh, for, to be ready for that. 
So uh, it was, we, we've done this numerous times, but in the past, and it wasn't but probably about four weeks ago when we uh, started Advent season, we asked you to write down that which is a distraction. It, for some, it was a, a crisis that has been going on in your own life. For others, it's just the fear of the unknown, changes, uh, but things that are a distraction. Things that typically, it's those things that you they keep coming to your mind when you're, when you're not focused on something. Before you're long, you're, you're just mulling and musing over this event or this decision or whatever. And we had you to write that down saying, what is it that, that, that the evil one could use to distract you? Because for the one thing the evil one does not want you to do, he doesn't want you to enter into the Christmas season. He doesn't want you to experience the love song from God, Emmanuel, God with us. And what I want you to know is that we've been talking about that regardless of the season that you're in and on those slips of paper, we did it for several weeks in a row, regardless of what you've written down, those situations do not have to delegate how you embrace life. In fact, difficult times are precisely why Christmas happened the way it did. In fact, I shared this last week. The early church did not say, look what the world is coming to. We we have this tendency, and and I'm a dog lover, but I question whether chihuahuas are dogs. Uh, And please just send your email to brett1t at newcupchurch.org if you have a gripe about this. But chihuahuas are just nervous. They're just scared, you know. They just shake. It's like they've got Parkinson's. I mean, you know, they just, they, they're just something, something, you should calm that dog down. Well, our tendency is we can find ourselves so nervous about the world and what's going on. And I'm not saying the world is not messed up. Of course it is. It's made up of people like you and me. And, and so no wonder it's a mess. But the world is changing around us. But there's one thing that never changes, Jesus Christ. And he can cause all things to work together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And so we don't, all that come to say, we don't need to shake like a chihuahua around the things that are happening around us. Because God has it in control. And he wants to take that which is ugly in our lives and he wants to bring beauty out of them. We've had more comments about our backdrop, than, and I've heard it a long time. And, you know, I, we're, we've held off on telling you this, but a majority of that is made up of those slips of paper that you wrote down. You come back here, and there are notes of people who have had loss during this Christmas season or are facing loss. Or in relational issues, it just you, you're out of control. And yet, what we said, when you put those in the hands of God, He can bring beauty out of that. And every week I look at this, and I'm just amazed. And, of course, I, I knew what was back there and just thought, isn't this amazing how God wants to take that which is broken in our lives, that which could be a distraction, and He wants to use it to point people to beauty. So Christmas, difficult times are precisely why Christmas happened the way it did. The first gift we talked about, we talked about, we're sharing four gifts. The first gift we talked about was Jesus offers us hope. In the beginning, God created. And the, and the question we asked, well, or the statement we made was, 
If Jesus can create something out of nothing, out of absolutely nothing, don't you think he can do something in you, with you, and through you? The second gift we talked about was Jesus offers us peace. And the Old Testament word for peace is not just the absence of war. It's not the absence, absence of hardship and conflict, but a state of completeness and wholeness regardless of whatever season you may find yourself in. The third gift we talked about, Jesus offers us joy. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. What does light do? It brings clarity. It brings direction. It brings joy because it's found in him. And so every inconvenience, every problem, every event you encounter is an opportunity for you to experience the presence of God, to let God's light shine on that which is unacceptable in our lives and let God bring beauty out of it. I heard Mark Batterson put it this way, don't be in such a hurry to get out of your current circumstances, which I am, that you don't get anything out of them. That's the beauty of being a follower of Jesus, that regardless of what happens, Jesus has allowed it to happen, not that he planned it, but we live in a fallen world, and so whatever comes our way, he has allowed it, but he says, if you will put your hope and trust in me, if you'll look vertically instead of horizontally, I can bring beauty, I can shine my light in him as light, and he can bring beauty out of the darkness. So no matter what life throws at your way, I want you to know this. God is with you. He is before you. He's behind you. He's around you. He's in you. The fourth gift we want to look at is found in 1 John. So if you have your Bibles, uh, turn way to the right. 1 John chapter 1, page 1128. We'll look at verses 1 to 5, but I want to, it culminates... In verse 5, and if you need the page number, it's 1228 in the uh, Bibles in the seat pockets. So this is where it culminates. This is the message that we have heard from him. So it's important. Did he, any last words? What does Jesus want us to know? This is what he wants you to know for such a time as this. This is the message that we have heard from him, and we declare, we shout, we scream, we let it be known it's kind of like a final exam. This professor, you ask, is this on the final exam? The bell is ringing here, the clue bell. And here it is. God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. In him is light. So in order for us to land on that, regardless of whatever season may come your way, in Him is light, and there is no darkness, there's clarity in Him. How, do we, how can we trust that verse 5? Well, let's back up to verse 1. That which was from the beginning, speaking of Jesus, which we have heard, which we've seen with our eyes, which we've looked at, and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared. We have seen it. We testify to it. We proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father 
and has appeared to us. So let's kind of delve into that verse 1. It says, that which was from the beginning. This is a familiar passage uh, in John 1, the same phrase is used, from the beginning. In the beginning means beginning in eternity and then moving to creation. That alone, once you kind of get your head around it if possible, that ought to be a game changer right there alone because it says nothing has ever been before him. He began in eternity and then moves toward creation. So we put our hope and trust in the one who has always existed. So he says, I have a message from one who's always existed. That ought to be important to know. I think you'd want to know that person. He says, so that which was and it's not past tense. It's called the imperfect tense. And I want to share this with you because it's important to know that. In the imperfect tense, the word was means this. It focuses on the continual existence of Jesus in past time. The continual existence of Jesus in the past time. So beginning in eternity and then moving to creation... Jesus, who has always existed, speaking of Jesus' pre-existence, he's always been, he's always been in eternity, always been, been in eternity, and then moves to creation. He says, so having, done, having this as a base to go with, which we have heard, let me give you a little more background on the word heard, it means heard with an ongoing impact. It's not just hearsay, but this, what you have heard, and this, what you're about to hear is going to be shared with you, and it has ongoing impact. That's why we say whatever season you may find yourself in, as circumstances come and go and change, that which remains the same and has ongoing impact, that which we have seen, it means to see with understanding resulting in belief. So that which we've heard has ongoing impact. That's what we've seen. We uh, see with understanding resulting in belief. That which we've looked at is a medical term meaning deep, penetrating look. Versus to skim, to fly over. It means careful and deliberate view. So in the medical field as you would take a deep dive into someone's medical health. Is this the same word used there? That which we have looked at with a penetrating look. And then it says, and that which we have touched is the word they would refer, would, would refer to those who were blind. And it means to feel after or to grope. To feel after or to grope. So you have all of this information of saying that which was beginning eternity has always been in existence that which has ongoing impact, that which we have seen and it's made a difference in our lives, that which we've looked at with penetrating look, not, not just a cursory look, but a deep dive look, that which we've actually felt with and grabbed hold of like a blind person would, that, verse 3, we proclaim to you, we yell at the top of our lungs what we've seen, what we've heard, so that you may also have fellowship with us. Don't miss out the power of community. There's something, something amazing about when you're hanging out with people who are like you. And the beauty of New Cove, 
uh, it would be the beauty of any church that fo focuses on Jesus and says, let's read our Bibles and align our life to the, what the Bible says. But let me speak for us in particular. That which uh, is speaking here saying, it's amazing to sit next to people who are just messy and messed up. That you don't have to hide anything. That you just get to be with them and realize we're all needy. And so that's why we have every age, every economic status, every, everything you can imagine comes together and it's all even at, at, the, at the floor here because we're all in need of Jesus. It's just incredible. It says, so the tendency when we have problems is to withdraw. We have numerous groups that get together for small groups or for, uh, in particular, uh, study groups or support groups. And it's amazing what happens when you get together with people who are going through the same thing that you've gone through. There's just a oneness. You don't have to hide anything. It's not about image management. This is saying here, the beauty of being among followers of Jesus is there doesn't need to be image management because we're not about sin management. That is a dead end. That is always a dead end. But loneliness can be a great problem, especially during the holidays. Many of you are facing Christmas without a loved one. Many are far from family. Many are struggling with financially, relationally. Some are struggling with health issues and have no idea where things are headed. But it says, when you're around other believers of Jesus Christ, you're not alone because Jesus lives in you. He's around you. He's before you. He's behind you. He's in you. And you also get to hang out with other messed up people. You don't have to act a certain way. We all are unified here because we say our hope is in Jesus and Jesus alone. What is that gift? It, the gift is that Christ unifies all of us. There's not a caste system. So that which has always existed, that which has impact, that which changes lives, it brings fellowship. We're all unified because of Christ. It's a stability on the inside in spite of what is occurring on the outside. And so as circumstances change, let them change. Instead of saying, look what the world is coming to. We say, no, look who has come to the world. One who stabilizes. The one who changes things from the inside out. And one who will be with you in hard moments, and in losses, who will say, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you, I can cause all things to work together for good, I can bring beauty out of that which could be a distraction. Verse 5, this is the message that we have heard from Him and we declare to you, God is light and it's in Him that there's no darkness of all the in, light produces clarity, light produces direction, perspective, confidence, light disperses hope, light disperses peace, light disperses joy, light disperses his love for us that he has always existed and yet he wants to exist in your heart as well. Let me share a hard saying with you but a true saying. In order for us to realize the worth of the anchor or the worth of the light, we must first feel the stress of the storm. 
So many times we want to avoid the storm. I do. I'm, I do not chase storms. They seem to chase me. I do not welcome storms. But that is a vertical view of things. I mean, a horizontal view of things. And the vertical view says that, that my hope is in not in circumstances to change. I'll pray they change. But my greater prayer is that God will bring beauty out of this and that I will begin to realize the worth of Jesus in my life as my anchor, as my light in the midst of the storm. I flew past this statement last week, and I want to bring it back to you. It's theologian Frederick Buechner. Here's what he says about Christmas. God visited us. That's, I mean, just that alone. That is reason to shout and reason to share. God visited us. God, Emmanuel, God with us. The world has never been quite the same. Ongoing uh, action. It's still a very dark world in some ways. It's darker than ever before. But the darkness is different because he keeps getting born into it. Our problem many times is we... We celebrate in the incarnation one day out of the year. And what we need to experience is the incarnation on a daily basis. Letting him be born in whatever circumstance comes our way that we welcome his presence. The darkness is different because he keeps getting born into it. Anyone who has ever known him has known him perhaps better in the dark than anywhere else. Because it's in the dark where he seems to visit most often. Anyone who has known him has known him perhaps better in the dark. I remember my years at Baylor. Wow, my walk with Jesus improved during final exams. Only at, a, at Baylor they didn't allow outside help, so I was in big trouble. It's amazing what stress does. Stress can cause us to put our hope and trust in circumstances to change. Our stress can cause us to move closer to God. And this is an opportunity, regardless of what happens, to say, I want to know him better in the dark anywhere else because it's in the dark where he seems to visit most often. Light is more effective in the dark where it, because that's where it's needed. It is God's nature of love to make himself known. That's why we lit this candle today. It's God's nature of love to make himself known. So this is the message that we've heard from him and declare to you God is light and in him there's no darkness. Everywhere else you will find darkness at some point. Everywhere else horizontally it's not sustainable. So, where does that leave us? Let me share Hebrews 4, 14 to 16, that will set up our communion. Therefore, since we have such a great high priest who's gone before, who's gone through the heavens, speaking of Jesus, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. Why? For we don't have a high priest who's unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. The word weakness in the Greek there could also be used seasons. And I just loved that. 
We don't have a high priest who's unable to sympathize with the different seasons in our life. But we have one who's been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with confidence. Why? So that we can receive mercy and find grace to help us in our seasons, in our time of need. Jesus knows the seasons. You're never alone. He's with you. Isaiah 9, 6, for unto us, unto us, and you and I are in that us category. For unto me, to me a son is given, and the government will be upon Jesus' shoulders. This is how powerful he is because he's always existed. Even before eternity, he was. And notice, he'll be called Wonderful Counselor. He'll be called Mighty God. He'll be called Everlasting Father. He'll be called the Prince of Peace. So, take your communion out. Uh, We'll share it together. And you've got a moment to uh, find your communion or go to uh, to the back of the auditorium find it. Which of these do you need most right in this present season of your life? Do you need Jesus to be your wonderful counselor? you need someone to lead you? Is this one of those times you just, you're at a loss and you just need his leadership? Maybe you're in a season where You need him to be the mighty God to strengthen you. Maybe you need him to be the everlasting father for whatever reason. You just need him to love you, that you are worth it. You matter, you have value. Or maybe your life is in turmoil and you need the prince of peace. You need grace to transform the chaos into peace. I want you to think through and just allow Jesus to be all those he can be, but maybe there's one. And as we receive the communion in a few moments, let that communion represent his leading his wonderful counselor, his ability to be mighty, to strengthen you, his love, the everlasting Father, and his grace, the Prince of Peace. Father, I pray that as we celebrate communion, that we would allow you total leadership in our lives. And as we Uh, Take the communion. May that symbolize our acceptance of you. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.